0: What do you know about that, man? (laughs) That was pretty fun. (laughs) Yeah, my
1: headphones are being kind of funny. Are they? I feel like one ear keeps cutting out.
2: I may have had those last week, Mm because one of mine was.
1: Well, probably. Probably. Anyway, let's go ahead and kick it off. Wes, I wasn't sure that I'd ever met you. I know I've passed you on campus and stuff like that, but I'm not sure we've ever formally met. I know that you're a migratory birds biologist, right? Yes. Now, I'm not exactly sure I know what that means. My, <laughs> migratory birds excluding waterfowl?
0: It's migratory game birds, I guess, is migratory. what our program is. So including waterfowl.
1: Including it d- water does fowl. include waterfowl? Yep. So do you work directly with Brunges and some of the other waterfowl guys? Yes, cows? he's my supervisor. Oh, cool, cool. We were down there doing some cool stuff uh, last Friday netting uh oh, wood sluies, ducks right? yeah we went to the sloughs and netted wood ducks and i think we got 213 yeah that's a good catch it was a pretty good catch they said 400 banded in a year is kind of where their goal is sure yeah so i mean we got over halfway there with just one shoot of the net so yeah they can
0: they can do that pretty regularly it was cool there was there.
1: there was probably 400 birds in front of us too right but that, that was pretty cool to see have you ever seen that lee yes i mean they use the rockets Mm-hmm. on the nets, and they it almost, I wouldn't even really call them rockets, it was like pipe bombs with holes drilled in the back mm-hmm. end of them. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's exactly what they were, packed with, I don't know how much black powder. It,
0: it was a specific amount. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, like, they look like the
1: little <laughs> 50 grain, uh, like the, Yeah, they do pi- look
0: like decks, but yeah. it's, a, it's a special blend, we get it actually from the Department of Defense oh, okay. contract years and years ago, and uh, there's only one supplier that is overseen by u.s fish and wildlife service and that's where we get our
1: good. okay well that makes sense because it looked like literally they were putting plastic bags full of about 20 little 50 gram pyridex pellets i was doing the math in my head i was like a thousand grains per charge it's a little no. more specific than well that's than good what you
0: can buy over the counter but stuff.
1: it was cool i mean it was really cool to see how that worked out and i was kind of surprised at how relaxed the ducks were oh sure into
0: yeah. that they, they can be wood ducks
1: are they're wild You so you'll feel so super good about one catch yeah
0: and you call kentucky a Fields, so they come down here and film this thing and yeah. then nothing happens they show up and uh so with wood ducks you don't catch them as soon as they come on bait they're, they have a yeah. there's a flush that you have to wait for they all come up yeah. then they flush that's what they and do and the next time coming to bait that's when you catch them yeah and sometimes after that first flush they're done there's something they didn't like or maybe they're just uh, he, not that hungry that day whatever they're they trick you every time, seems like.
1: We were down there with Charlie Plush, and uh, he was saying that crows can come in and get them messed up. Cranes can get them messed up. They could just see something they don't like. And so the first time they flushed, you know, and they went back to the water, we were kind of like, oh, I hope they come back. And right. they ended up flushing two times, I think, before we actually pulled the trigger. Yep. But he said you kind of got to pick and choose when you pull the trigger and fire the net because, you know, that you want as many wood ducks as you can get there. And each time they flush, they come back with more. Yep. So you're kind of playing your odds. All right, if I if I let them flush and come back, I'm going to get more birds. But if I let them flush and they don't come back, then just wasted a, a two thirty wake up call. Right. Yeah, that's a. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I you know what, I we introduced West, but we didn't get to. I'm Chase Winiger, and I'm sitting here with Lee McClellan. So go back. That was everyone. <laughs> and Go back in time and go ahead and amend that. But um, uh, we me and Chad met in Louisville at about twelve thirty in the morning to go down there and do that shoot. Because we got to be there at 3 o'clock at the sluice, and that's obviously a pretty good drive. And we stopped to get breakfast on the way there, and we were there so early, they weren't serving breakfast. Say, <laughs> they, were like, <laughs> they were like, well, we don't have sausage biscuits, but if you want pizza, here you go. So <laughs> it was it was, a, it was a ridiculous. Yeah,
2: at 1.30 a.m. is not your typical
0: breakfast hour. The yeah, <laughs> no, sluice no. is out there, too. There's no um, way no. to get there.
1: It's yeah. cool. Looking at it on the map, because I, I pulled up the aerials, it's almost like a point out into the... Right. I mean, the Ohio River obviously does a, a U-turn around it. But it seems like that would be a— cool place. Yeah, it seems like it would be a real floodplain.
0: Oh, it is. And uh, actually, this past Mm -hmm. winter, all of that that point you are talking about was completely underwater. Mm -hmm. There's some satellite footage that NASA has. and uh, We got it at the Mississippi Flyway meeting this year. Somebody was showing me. I knew it was bad, but that point was all blue, which blue was the indicated (laughs) color for for open water.
1: So we lost a mass of Kentucky—
0: yeah, we when we really
1: did between there and then down at Ballard and Butte right Bottoms there we yeah, were all. It makes sense water. for it to have flooded because I, I swear I saw a uh, silver silver carp or Asian carp there, silvers up in the sloughs oh, while you we were absolutely filming. Absolutely did. Yeah. yeah, I saw this fish swimming and I, and I was actually waiting out there to get some cool footage from the point of view of the water and I said that looks just like a silver, so I started recording and then as soon as I got close enough to it, pff, water just erupted with them, all yeah. took off.
0: One of my favorite memories, wood duck hunting at Sloughs. I was putting out decoys early one morning in a canoe by myself, and I got there first and was getting set up, and a big carp just exploded from underneath my canoe, and I Oof. I nearly lost everything. I did, That's pretty cool. I though. didn't realize they were there at the time, and
1: I mean I hate Asian carp, but they're kind of cool. Yeah, they you know are. I mean, absolutely, it's absolutely a big experience to see. Them. Yeah. They're a horrible thing yeah. for our waters, but yes, hate that we have them, but. It's uh interesting, kind of unique to see. Are. Watching them jump for the first time is kind of interesting. Of course, getting hit in the face with one. Yeah. Uh, me and Rachel, did I talk to you about going boat fishing with Rachel and Brooks on the Ohio?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One of those things jumped. I mean, it was a big, big head, and it hit me right in the gut before I ever saw it come out of the water. <laughs> it jumped from right next to the boat, gut punched me, and fell right back in before I ever knew it hit me.
2: I think I've told you before, people on the Illinois River and stuff, if they're running at all, they carry an old-time Metal garbage can, lid. yeah. <clears throat> oh, she's just like you yeah. know, you know. They're, they're attacking a medieval castle, you know. It's a, <laughs> yeah. bam, bam, and yep. you know.
1: Man, that's that's if, ridiculous. If you
2: look at sloughs from the satellite, it's so neat because you can see through the millennia where it's gouged those sloughs, and oh, where yeah. the river has come back and forth over
0: time. You yep. know it's, you can really see it plainly. The public lands is easy to find too. It's the only trees you're going to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt. That, that is some row crop land
1: out yeah. there. It was cool when I took the drone up because obviously we pulled up in the dark. We got there to that little bait spot in the dark. So that was all I'd seen of it in the daylight once we've captured the ducks. And I put the drone up and I got that whole different view of it from up in the air. Right. And I was like, wow, there's a, a lot more going on here than I thought yeah, there, there really was. really is. That's I, a neat place to fly over. I could see that old river channel running right through the slough. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was, uh, it was interesting. It looks like some really good hunting down there, not just for the waterfowl but i could see how there could be good deer hunting and all kinds of stuff there
0: there's been some really big deer yeah. taken out i'm obviously i'm speaking a little out of my league there but the local boys that that work for us there they've they all
1: yeah i think watch just, deer on their area regularly charlie was talking to us about it and he said that some of the uh the fields there are subleased out to three different farmers and there was there were soybeans and all kinds of stuff on the wma and with that kind of you know, land around the crops. You know, i just got to assume there's probably deer and stuff there. Yeah,
0: they're there. I'm sure some of them are harder to get to than yeah. what
1: well,
0: are well, it's used a, to or what they'll try for a lot of times.
1: A little bit of a drive for me. I probably won't make the trip, but <laughs> I'm sure they're there. So dove season's coming up. And that's kind of one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because, well, I'm, I'm ready for deer season like nobody could even believe, but I'll be doing that on that Saturday. That Sunday I'll be going to a dove shoot over at a buddy's farm and that's always a good time, because deer hunting and dove hunting are completely different. Deer hunting, you kind of get to, well, dove hunting, you kind of get to cut up and have mm-hmm. a little more fun. And it's you can, a social activity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a social event, and uh, deer hunting is completely different. I'll be sitting there all alone, trying not to even let myself know I'm there.
0: Yeah, dove season, that's a holiday yeah. in Kentucky, yeah. open day. If it falls during the week, nobody's at work. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, uh, I mean, it's hard to think of another way to go out there and have fun shooting that many shells. I mean, you get to shoot a lot of shells. A lot mm-hmm. more than I should shoot is how many. Yeah, I mean, I better take boxes with me because I'm just not that good. But hopefully this year I'll be a little better.
2: One of the things that's helped me is is I've gotten into shooting off a bench with my brother. And if you shoot a lot of rifles, you get to where you want to hunch over and look down the scope or hunch over and look down. You've got to eliminate that when you get your shotgun out because that will make you shoot and behind, behind. And yeah. I'm finally getting better about it. But I've been in a slump, and now I realize why I'm mechanics have gotten poor.
0: Yeah, yeah doves will humble,
2: humble you really quickly. They're fast, yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm never going to hit one. They finally hit one. It's like, hallelujah.
1: Seems like I'm streaky. <laughs> I'll go out there and knock down four out of five. I'm thinking, oh boy, there we go. One box is all I needed. And the next thing I know, I've shot 10 shells and i got nothing to show you for. You start it. trying a little harder. Because yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's always kind of the goal. Get a, get a limit on a box and I always end up going back to the truck for more shells at some point.
2: <laughs> i just bring two or three just because I know. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but but sometimes I'll miss everything and hit one, and then Katie barred the door. I'll get my limit.
1: You know? Yeah. Hey, but, I mean, if you get to shoot that many shots that you're going back for more shells, you're having a good day anyway. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You, I yeah. mean, that's great because I've been on a lot where you shoot three times because you saw, you know, two birds <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all day.
1: At that point, been you been done that. If the birds aren't flying, you just let them have it. Yeah. I shoot a pump action, man. I get my arm to get a workout that day. <laughs> I do too. But, but um, I got to
2: see me out on now, but I still love shooting my. my uh, Wingmaster 20 gauge.
1: I guess uh, opening weekend, I'll probably go dove hunting over some soybeans or not soybeans, uh, sunflowers. the sunflowers. A guy has a, a place that he puts out and you know, it's agricultural use and everything like that. But then he also has a hemp field, they do 88 acres of hemp, sure. And that'll come off. And as soon as that comes off, that is where I mean, it seems like the birds are absolutely just killing it.
0: I've heard that, I've never oh. personally experienced a hemp field, but from mm. my understanding, there's not a better dove crop out there. Though, oh, the no. Seed. It, it it stays available throughout the whole year. And it's much smaller, also. It's a small seed. There's thousands yeah. of seed per plant. The the flowers go from the bottom to the top, and yeah. they all come in at different times. And apparently, it's an incredible dove crop.
1: Well, the way uh, well, I say this. So last year I dove hunt or I deer hunted. My deer stand was literally sitting right next to a hemp field, and I've been hunting that same deer stand for about five years now. And last year, the number of birds in general that were there was a hundred one. You know what I mean? Every single day, I'd have these flocks of birds lifting out of the field and roosting it up above me. Or, or insta- I mean, it was just a completely different thing. And then, of course, the doves were probably more doves than I've ever seen in my life. But there's two different kinds of, of hemp production in the, in the state that I know of. So there's one where they're collecting the fibers. Right. And there's one where they're collecting the seeds. So, yeah. so what they'll either do with the hemp crop... Mm-hmm.
2: What? There's
1: some other kind too, but we're talking about, yeah. Well, I'm talking about legal. So if they're collecting the fibers, though, what they do is they go through and basically cut it and rake it, just like uh, hay, and they end up bailing it in some way or another. But when they do that, they don't care about the seeds at all. So when they cut those plants, all those seeds at the ground. Right. And if they go through and they collect the seeds, they're running a mm-hmm. combine over it, and they're actually you know shaking the seeds out and collecting those. So you'll get less seeds on the ground that way. But either way, with how small those seeds are, it's how say you probably get a lot of loss even with the seed harvest but if they do the fiber harvest you can pretty much count on there just being more seeds in that field than yep. those doves are ever going to be them just like
0: a millet field yeah. millet hay field i mean so it's it's, as it's far crazy as it can, doves if, if
1: you find a way to get on a hemp field this year i would suggest trying it out because we went january 16th last year and we were shooting birds from the time we got wow. there i mean it was oh, like wow. we probably saw two or three hundred birds and the two days before season went out would that have been the 16th last year
0: uh, yeah that's pretty close somewhere
1: around there that's just a date that's in my mind for some reason maybe it went out on the 16th when we were shooting on the 14th i'm not sure but right there at the very end of season we were still having good shoots over that hemp
2: well, you know kentucky was the world leader
0: in hemp production at one time yeah. mm-hmm. the farm i live on it was, it was hemp produced on that that farm at one time it was for seed which,
1: uh, which area of the state are you from Madison
0: County is where my
1: farm is okay and, I lived in Madison County for five years oh, okay. I just moved uh, about a year and a half ago
0: yeah we're out Poosey Ridge kind
1: of I know Poosey yeah, cool yeah, yeah I used to go down yeah I used to go down poosey all the time going out to the uh, boat ramp out mm-hmm. there yep yeah I'd put my it's cup- beautiful
0: out there my, my
2: I had a newspaper out during graduate school on, that ran on poosey yeah
1: I would uh, go put my kayak in down there. I think that's what, Pool 9? Uh, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. a certain. I'd put my kayak in down there and float around to where Silver, <clears throat> excuse me, where Silver Creek flows in. Right, throw dude. some jugs out and just catfish and sit back and relax, and it was always a good time. But... Silver
0: Creek's pretty special fishing
1: yeah, guy, I think. I, 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 do too. I like Silver Creek a lot. That's why
2: I learned to stream smallmouth fish. I yeah. love it. I lived in Richmond
0: for nearly 10 years.
1: Yeah. I did a lot of fishing at Silver Creek, but honestly, my favorite stream in Madison County was Otter Creek.
0: Really? I haven't uh, been on Otter Creek. I've heard a lot about it.
1: Access too. is a little bit tougher, yeah. but there's some good holes close to the river. Mm-hmm, Silver, Silver Creek was always fun, though. The problem with Silver Creek for me was when I would go, I would usually go to the bridge, and I'd work up. And, of course, that's been messed with so much lately. Right. They've kind of come through, and I'm not sure what they did to it, but it's completely different than it was even when I started school there. So, Or you can go downstream. usually see a lot of people, not a whole lot of deep holes. Right. Or I'm not sure what the road's called. It goes to the right uh have right before bogey the bridge. Mill road yeah bogey mill road that's right yep. you go down to the end of that and there's another kind of public access point but i just had a hard time finding deep holes in silver creek
0: yeah there there aren't a lot of deep yeah. holes and there's a lot of four-wheeling that happens down yeah. there on private land adjacent to the creek and Yeah. so it, it's a little tough but you can you can find pockets of water there. that's
1: a beautiful creek though mm-hmm. and i mean i did catch fish there so I can't, I am not complaining about it at all. Madison County just has so much water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I might have already said this on the podcast. I'm not sure, but I've been told that Kentucky has more miles of, of streams and shoreline basically than any other state. And I've been told Madison County has more than any other County in Kentucky. I, I didn't know
2: that. Pantley yeah. Creek, you got Silver Creek, you have the river.
1: Otter, Otter, Pantly Otter, creek. Muddy Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pantley Creek. Yeah. All these creeks. Plus you got the river bordering it on two right. sides. So it's pretty much the same thing to Kentucky that Kentucky is to the rest of the U.S. with the river running along its, you know, a long border and all cut up with streams and stuff. So I've heard that basically, if you were to break it down that way, Madison County has about as much streams per, you know, area as anywhere. That's probably. Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I liked it out there. I never really found any uh, hunting for myself. I had one farm I could uh, coyote hunt, but everything else I was going to Miller Welch. Right. Mm-hmm. And, which uh, I've
2: been to a million times.
1: Yeah. Miller Rush was not bad. Mm-hmm. There's uh there's definitely a game there. I went squirrel, rabbit, turkey, and deer hunting out there. I would have gone gouty hunting, but it's not allowed.
0: No, yeah, it's got a lot of restrictions. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. of largemouths out of the ponds out there.
1: Never, oh. never once I 50. caught a
2: 23-inch out there one time. He panicked. It's one of his first big bass. He panicked, took off running, and <laughs> skied it up on the bank. had <laughs> oh. <laughs> to run and grab it. was like, man chill he was shaking was he today. afraid of the fish or yeah, what he just never seen one that big and he just panicked 23 like inches lives. is a pretty good one yeah I, I believe every once in a while they'll seed some of those ponds with some of our brood fish from the hatcheries oh <clears throat>
1: mm.
2: or local guys like i'm gonna put it in this pond so i can catch it again or
1: you know i was talking to uh dane <clears throat> ballsman and uh he said that when they sample and they shock up the the fins lakes mm. I mean, they got a 9.8 pounder out of one of the fins lakes this past spring I would like to know where that is, but I mean, <laughs> can you imagine a ten-pound bass swimming around down here? And mm-hmm. you know, I did hear about some guy catching a forty-pound catfish mm-hmm. out of our out of our lake here. Yeah, I campus. heard that too. I yeah. saw a picture of it. It was a beast.
2: And I've seen some. You know, my window looks out over it. I've seen some nice catfish come out of the lake here.
1: Yeah, they say they used to catch like forty-pounders, thirty-five plus, pretty regularly. But since I've started working here, forty-pounder is the biggest I've mm-hmm. seen. But that's pretty big, so no so doubt. Oh, I need to get some water. Yeah, I'm going to follow suit there. Oh, go for it. And then, um, I'll tell you what, I think that, a, I don't know if you have some kind of preview of dove season. I'm sure that there's some data collection that's already gone on. You you have some kind of an idea what to expect for this year, right? Oh, absolutely.
0: It's been a great growing season. Uh, you mentioned sunflowers earlier. That's kind of the mm-hmm. king of the dove, dove food plot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a great growing season. Most Mm -hmm. of our WMAs that don't have deer damage. So that's your number one competitor, and especially in the bluegrass region, Uh is uh, having such a high deer density in some parts of central Kentucky that it's hard to get it off the ground and get it started. But if you can get sunflower above the weeds, it takes over. And and with a little bit of water, it does a lot. Is that Mm -hmm. just
1: because deer would eat them before they mature? Oh, yeah.
0: They love baby sunflower plants. And so they just mow them down before they can ever mature. Hmm. And that happens a lot, unfortunately. But, I never would have uh, thought about it. Yeah, it, it's it's a gamble in some places. You look at it and think, maybe I can get away with it in this field. You know, it failed on another spot. But
1: Could you give the deer another alternative? Or
0: Yeah, that, we've tried that. You can throw some clover out and some other food plots. Well, they, they, if once they, love they it, find they the sunflower, that's the thing. They don't know what it is at first. And so you plant a field somewhere and like all right, it, it's a success. But yeah. the first time they find it, they just key on it and love it. So the Western Kentucky, we don't, there's bigger fields and more food out there. Uh, as far as ag crops go, and so they have a lot of luck in, in the West, and a lot of those guys have been having great success this year. Bumper crops of sunflower in central Kentucky as well. Yeah. And then we have some millet fields and whatnot. Uh, a lot of times sunflower fails, and we still have enough time to get millet planted. And uh,
1: Now I'm not sure what millet is. It's a grass. It's got
0: a, a hard seed, mm-hmm. kind of a smaller seed. That grows. Uh, there's lots of varieties of millet. Any proso millet, dove yeah, proso. So that's millet. what we usually plant in it. But yeah, so. that's what most people plant for a dove food plot. And if it's late enough that you, it's it's uh millet's generally a 60 uh, day maturing crop. There's right. a, uh, another variety, Japanese millet, that uh, it, it, the, the the native millet that you see in wetlands is looks like Japanese millet, and uh, they have a right. upland variety as well that's been cultivated for crops and it's a 45-day crop so we can get that out late is you know by yeah. July 4th you can get that out usually and still make a doe field this is
1: right. mostly on WMAs and public fields right
0: yes we have okay. two kind of doe fields and that fish and wildlife runs and that mm-hmm. would be our WMA fields mm-hmm. and then we have a program that we lease fields from private landowners yeah there's and, one of
1: those about a mile f- I mean it's across the street from my house I probably shoot my bow to it if i aim high
0: enough is that the shelby county field, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one that's been in the program a long time and yeah. probably the most successful field we have yeah, we've
1: there. actually done a shoot there before mm-hmm. um i can't remember when we did that shoot. i remember that yeah but i mean i i hear the people over there yeah. people go there yeah. and i mean i feel like they have a lot of luck on that on that field oh
0: it's one of our best fields if not the best field
1: ever the madison year. county field's good too mm-hmm. it is because yep. that's where we shot last year
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all, y'all yeah. brave
1: the rain? I last know yet? the land over so, there really uh, well. Leroy? <laughs> yeah, we went and shot the opening day in the rain. And honestly, I didn't go on that shoot. Sangster and Chad and Brooks all went. But, uh, you know, they were kind of not so optimistic heading out there because it was raining and stuff. they get there and birds were flying. People were set up. And, I mean. Uh, Leroy's excited about it. He does a great job. <laughs> Leroy,
2: yeah, he he's does just I an excited. that field since about 1988. Wow. He's or seen, that farm.
1: Seems like a pretty uh, – Pretty friendly guy. Oh, he is. Yeah, we play
2: poker with him a lot too. (laughs) He's a really good poker player. I'm glad
1: you mentioned the rain. That
0: last year, I learned, so I I didn't go out. generally I I was like, a
2: hurricane. Why go? Oh, I heard your story before, Lee. Yeah, I was so mad. Everybody. Oh
0: man, great success. I always will either hunt a field. Generally, I hunt, or I'll at least go evaluate fields. Mm -hmm. But this year, the rain, the weather was so bad, or last year, excuse me, the weather was so bad that I didn't even go. I thought there would not be hunters in the field, but. From the way I understand it, every field had a few hunters, and the hunters that went were limiting out. And the doves did not change their pattern one bit. So if it's raining this year, I may be Uh, in the field. uh, You (laughs) know, but I've
2: been on them when it's raining and not seen a bird. You know, they just coon up and don't. Don't I fly. guess I'm
0: just a fair-weather dove yeah. hunter. Well, it's, yeah. I've well, never considered That's why going. I didn't go. I was like, oh, I've been in that
2: before. And then everybody came back, oh, we, we did great. And yeah. I was, it starts so mad, raining, I that's one thing. Tired. Yeah,
0: if it starts raining, that's one thing. But to know you're going out in hurricane. Yeah, that's like, going to be rains. that way for a couple of days. You right. know? Yeah. I just never
1: considered it. Well, but, it's different for me. So if it's raining, honestly, I'll probably be deer hunting. I love deer <laughs> hunting in the rain. But uh, as far as the enjoyment part of it, like when I, I love to fish in the rain, as long as it's not lightning. As long as it's not coming up too hard. Yeah, because I usually light rain. I love to fish in the yeah, light rain. I mean, I'm going to get wet anyway. Why not? Get,
2: mm-hmm. You know, they bite great in the light rain, I think.
1: But when I go, uh, so when I go dove hunting, I'm not really like looking for that. So <laughs> this is hard to explain. When I go deer hunting, and I'm hunting that buck, and I and I get the buck, it's like this is a, you know, that's what I'm after was the harvest was the accomplishment, right? Right. But when I go dove hunting. That's not really what I'm after. You know, I'm out there just having fun, enjoying the day, and the meat's kind of a, a bonus. Because sure. I, I do like bacon wrapped with a little bit of a, yeah, a jalapeno. Yeah, no, that's
0: hard to beat. Oh, no, I know. It on the grill, that's, it's pretty tough.
1: Oh, no, I just, I mean, every one of them that I get, I will bacon wrap, cream cheese, jalapeno, stick a toothpick in it, and throw it on the grill.
2: Absolutely. It, you can fillet them off the breast, and a buddy of mine sautés them in butter and garlic. Oh, just yeah. pan sautés them. They're fantastic, yep. like a little appetizer. You can yeah, stick a thick up. Uh, Toothpick down in
0: them. I uh, hope, buddies, we take them to the duck blind. If they, you know, the bigger blinds with the stove and stuff, we'll pack them in in the cooler and we cook them right in the skillet in the duck blind. It's if hard you, to mess you up. You know,
1: if you only get a two or three or four, you got a snack. And if you get more than that, you got a couple of meals with it. So. Yeah,
2: absolutely. you can flame off the breast too and marinate them overnight in Italian dressing. And man, they're great the next day. Can't go wrong. But, and I think a lot of people overcook their dove. About three, four minutes aside, flip three, four minutes, and they're done. Don't yep. you think?
0: With all migratory birds, I think that's common. People overcook so, them. So the the go-to is to wrap them in bacon. Let's see, everybody add a little fat, add a little flavor. And to me, with any migratory bird—doves, ducks, geese, whatever—geese are tougher. So you gotta know your meat. You gotta take care of it a little better. But doves and ducks, especially, I grill it until the bacon's done. I don't look at the meat. I don't care if it's red mm-hmm. or pink or whatever. When the bacon is crispy, that's when they come off. That's when they come off, and it's always good that way. Yeah, you cook them forever and ever, they're gonna get a. It's, you hear about a livery taste. I don't think it's a liver taste, but it's just a stronger flavor. I that think, yeah, the more you cook it, the more, like. the more that comes out. Yeah.
2: Hmm. But wow. if you saute them in that butter and garlic, they just taste like a nice meat. You yep. you know, you yep. can't. No, those are more
0: forgiving than ducks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I never have yeah. waterfowl, actually. Really? It's like the one type of hunting that I don't think I've done is waterfowl.
2: If, if your duck has not got a little pink, it's run. Don't you think? If it's white all the way through, it's overcooked. Oh, Would yeah. you yeah,
0: I do, it definitely, yeah.
1: I do plan on going waterfowl this year, though. My neighbor Kyle Tipton. I'm going to make sure he takes me. That way, uh, be I'm, careful running around with that guy. Uh, I'm, ro- I'm roping him into it right now. <laughs> no, he, uh, yeah, he, he's a big into it. Obviously, you know, he's he's ate up with it. Now, I've seen him in the background of some of the photos out of the goose roundups and stuff. I mean, he yeah, he, he helps goes.
0: Us out a lot.
1: Oh yeah, I know he helps out with maybe locations and stuff like that. But he also is just so interested and so into it that he'd be out there no matter what, just watching the birds and stuff like that. But. Sure. Yeah, he uh, he lives right next door to me, and this year, I've already put the bug in his ear that I would like to go waterfowl hunting, and I feel like if there's a person to go with, it's probably my next-door neighbor who's extremely into it, and Kyle's a nice guy, too. so Yeah, he is. Yeah, and now he's roped into it, because I mentioned it on here. <laughs> so I will be going waterfowl this year. I'm not sure what Kyle's going to take me to do, but it'll be fun regardless, and uh, I don't know. I will try that, yeah always wanted to. People tell me not to get into waterfowl, though, because once I do it, I'll be... going to go broke. It, I'll be addicted to it, and I'll go broke in a heartbeat. It's
0: expensive yeah. and a lot of fun.
2: Yes. Yeah, it works. is a lot of fun. When they're flying, great. Humbling. You know, I mean, everybody thinks that big bird be easy, but, you know, if you don't hit the pilot house, the bird keeps on the flying. Yep.
1: You know what? I am going to put in for... Uh, and there's some stuff I want to come back to, but I keep getting off track, and that's perfectly fine. But I am going to put in for Sandhill this year, and I really want to do that. And I was listening to uh, John just the other day, and he was talking about some changes to how they're going to draw this year. Yeah. So the way I understand it, in the past, 400 people were drawn. Right. Right, and they were given two tags apiece. That's correct. This year, basically what's going to happen is there are 1,300 permits, right? Roughly, yep. Roughly 1,300. Yeah, the numbers
0: is based on our five-year average. So we have a the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. We have a harvest management plan we have to follow, and it's okay. based on... The average that we have. So. so
1: how they're going to get those 1,300 permits filled this year. Because in the past, not enough, not a lot of people had applied for the sand Hill hunt
0: right, right. So, so yeah we were the first state to, to implement a eastern yeah. crane hunting season it's, it was always listed as a game bird but numbers dropped low enough that they took it off the boat.
1: so I think that 500 some people applied last year Is
0: yeah that, it, it keeps growing so yeah. and last year' was the first it was not the first time we've had to turn away but we had 20% of our applicants did not get tags last year okay. and our number was so conservative where we were the first state yeah. to implement a season we had a lot of room to, to add. And so the commission passed that this year and we're trying to avoid. Folks that apply not getting drawn. So
1: that's a, that's because a, basically it almost you're not guaranteed to get drawn if you apply, but your chances are pretty good. Based this on this year,
0: that, we think their chances are real good.
1: Yeah, because in the past, do you know about these changes, Lee? Yes. Okay, so basically I wrote the press release for them. I changes. don't know all this stuff. Lee. I'm always behind. It. <laughs> I was excited. Hopefully, everybody know. can at least get one. That's one what I'm saying. But basically, if year. you put in this year, what they're going to do is almost like a round robin. Yep. So they're they're going to they have 1,300 permits roughly available, and say 600 people. Apply. They're going to go one through six hundred. All of those people get a tag, correct. and then they'll go back to the beginning, one through six hundred. All those people are going to get a second tag. And now twelve hundred tags are given out. Now they're going to go back to the beginning, one through one We'll get a third tag. That's correct. So basically, they're just going to take all the people that apply, as long as it's less than the total amount, and they're going to run through until all the tags are given out from yep. start to finish, back to the start, and through over and yeah, over. Everybody
0: over. be assigned a randomized yeah. number, just. Pull it out of a hat, and then that's your number, and it'll go just like you mentioned. The
1: uh, we're getting ready to air a Sandhill Crane hunt here. When's the uh, application open up? September first. September first. So we've we'll moved
0: prob- up this year. Last year and, and every year previous, yeah. uh, the drawing was held in November. November yeah. Right before the season. Yeah. This year we're holding it during September with our normal quota hunts. So well, it's it, everybody needs to be aware of the, the, the 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 application period is moved
1: up. If I had to guess when that piece is going to air, it's probably right around then. Because we'll, we'll try to time it up to when it's, the application or with uh the you know people being able to apply opening up so right. it times out right but it's a really cool piece and it walks through kind of you know as far as from how to how to hunt on decoy placement uh you know where to go and what to do once you get a bird on the ground as far as banding it and tagging it goes uh yep. taking the test beforehand all the way to certain recipes you can use and stuff like that so awesome. yep. it's going to be a, it's a little bit longer piece i think we gave it an extra four minutes than we typically do for some other stuff but it's a lot of information it's really good i just watched it yesterday yeah so. they're
0: neat birds too i, uh-huh. I got a feeling you'll get a lot of views on that oh that's man I,
1: i'd say so and i just like watching them i remember the first time i saw sand hills come over it's like mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a sound that gets you yeah cool.
0: it really cool. is cool. yeah you that's have to come cool. out on a roost yeah. count with me this year when they start showing up in december we every week we go out and get go a, down to baron that's how we get our averages well wayne tominga at baron river does those and then mm-hmm. i go over to cecilia to some roost over in Hardin county and we uh, we go to where they roost and we count them coming off roost so we know hmm. And we do our survey at the exact same time yeah. so we know exactly where each roost is and we get a count on each roost.
1: Well, that's something that I would definitely like to see. I know that there's some big numbers. I think I heard like 15,000 of Barron last year or something like yeah, that.
0: If, for Hardin County, it depends on water availability. So it's kind of it's pothole-style sinkholes that fill up with water. And in a dry yeah. winter or dry fall going into winter, they don't have as much habitat there. So Barron becomes the most important spot. And then later in the year when winter sets in, the Hardin County spot seems to be where they prefer to go. So it's kind of a neat little area to yeah. get out there. And you can get close uh, to the roost in Hardin County. The the roads line up where as long as you don't get out of your truck, mm-hmm. they're they're pretty easy to, to see. Now, if you get out, they might get a little, a little yeah, jumpy, but I thought that noise, the, their calls, oh, it's, it's, cool. it's magical.
1: I oh. thought it was uh, interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize Hardin County was a spot for them. But last, the, earlier this spring, it had to be either February or March because I know exactly what I was doing when this happened and uh, i was out at the farm in shelby county that i hunt and there was probably 30 or 40 of them down there in the bottom of the cornfield where it kind of floods up by the creek sometimes yep, I, I, I never had seen them on the ground in shelby county before
0: they're fanning out a lot though we were, we're getting reports in far western kentucky and yeah. eastern kentucky even that's and cool down around Lake cumberland. years ago
2: we were smallmouth fishing right after thanksgiving on cumberland and they were over
0: us all day with that Yep. Yeah. So we added some protections to a couple of bays in Green River, like this year. So sandbars that are they're roosting on those as well, and we fully expect to every time they move out every year. It seems like they bounce over and start roosting in another location, hmm. and we don't want hunters shooting the roost because uh, yeah. we don't want to disrupt the birds yeah. natural behaviors
1: so obviously so, you protect that
0: yeah we're watching for those spots and we hope to protect those in the future and I think Cumberland and even uh, Kentucky and Barclay Lakes eventually are going to be wintering roost mm-hmm. areas That's for sandhill cool. cranes.
1: how much have the numbers come up? I'm sure you know because I mean they were a threatened or an endangered species not too awful long ago
0: <laughs> yeah they at one point they, they were taken off the list as a game bird because population levels have gotten so low and uh, the the number is hard to get at. We mm-hmm. can't guarantee a number. The way the, the surveys are ran, we know there's birds that we missed, but we estimate over 100,000 birds, and that's jumped up from like yeah. 20,000 in just a small amount of time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, their numbers are, are booming.
1: Well, like I said, I don't remember seeing them just – five or six years ago and now it seems like I. See, when I lived in Frankfurt I'd watch them fly over all the time mm-hmm, Coming, I don't mm-hmm. know if they were moving down the river or, mm-hmm. or what it was but i uh, see
2: in my backyard i will be out grilling during that time and you'll
1: oh and you'll wish you had one if you're out there grilling you wish you had one don't you? <laughs> rib in the sky that's what they say it's I'm, not,
0: it's not a rib eye in the sky that's one of my I mean it's great yeah but to me I associate ribeye with a fatty cut of steak and sandhill yeah. cranes don't have fat on them, so it's more like a filet mignon to this guy. Okay. Well I'll so start with talk that. about that. So well, this doesn't taste like ribeye. It's the filet not, mignon you know. this guy doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme, that's the thing.
1: Well, but uh, there's this uh
0: But it's fabulous yeah. meat though. It really, really is it's good fra- table fare.
1: I was talking to a guy uh, not too long ago who's a little bit I mean, he's he's a he's a he's he's cool to hunt and he understands it all, but he's a little bit more of you know the other side of the aisle. Oh sure. And uh, I was talking to him about sandhill crane, and I said something about ribeye in the sky, and he said, you know, I heard that's not true. I heard that's just something they say because they want people to hunt them. And he was kind of taking that opposite approach. <laughs> yeah, next time, yeah. I, next time I talk to him, I say, you were right. It's not the ribeye, this guy. It's a flaming yawn. He's got. So I tell him I stand corrected. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of people out there that don't want them hunted, and I completely understand that bird is. It, it's kind of like a status symbol i guess when you hear that trumpet calling from the sky it's it's cool
1: but at the same time i mean
0: yeah it's it's a designated game bird it's always been considered a bird to be hunted it's just uh we manage populations we don't hunt them if populations are wrong it's it's, all about the
1: conservation all science yeah Yeah. i completely agree i don't i mean if it shouldn't be hunted based on the science or based on the conservation then i would say let's not hunt right because that's what you you want everything to be thriving and uh like I said, it's all a system, but you were talking about uh, the counts coming down and, and seeing how that works. Mm-hmm. That kind of wraps me back around into what I wanted to ask about, and that is your estimates for dove season. I'm sure you do some type of count, but I don't really understand how the counts work for migratory birds. Did you just get early counts, birds showing up yeah, early? And, so
0: the dove numbers, a lot of what we manage off of is based on our harvest information that yeah. we gather. So to be a, a legal Kentucky hunter, you have to fill out. The harvest, the HIP survey, Mm -hmm. and we get state numbers from that. It's we have the same kind of surveys from on the federal level. So, before the HIP program was enacted, the data we gathered would swing by half million Mm -hmm. in a year. So the population would be a million strong one year, and then half a million the next. And that's just that's obviously bad data. Mm -hmm. And basically, the reasoning from that is when you show up to Walmart and purchase your sportsman's license or even worse you, when you show up to buy your senior disabled license that clerk may or may not answer those questions well they had to answer the questions you could not skip so the questions so they might have just hit a they number. just went went in and hit yes or went in and hit no so that's what we, we had said. zero data as yeah. to how many birds were being harvested how many hunters we had it just was no data at all did
1: okay. you hear that noise come across mm-hmm. there? that was when I touched my cell phone it came across I don't know if it's like a, a loop somehow huh yeah, but, so now the survey is required after the now license purchase. Now we've got a
0: lot more accurate data. We know yeah. how many hunters we have, and we know how many birds our hunters are harvesting each year, roughly. And we can use that along with our roadside counts that we do in the state. and so We have some other counts that we can kind of back check some, yeah. some data or whatever. But Gives the dove you. population is strong. Oh, yeah. Um, we don't. under harvest doves. I mean, no, you can't harvest all the birds. Uh, so with migratory bird biology, and this is a rough <laughs> way of saying it, I guess, but the, the goal is to hunt birds that are going to die anyway. Yeah. All migratory birds are going, the, the birds are going to die. Explain, explain. Yeah, you might they're worry. migratory. So they're leaving a state, either it could be in the Arctic and flying south, or they could be leaving Kentucky and flying somewhere. But either way, migration is hard. Yeah. So they're going to be starving at one point, trying to get from A to B. They're going to die. Yeah. So we would rather hunters harvest the bird then they starve to death. So we know about how many birds die of a population, and that's where we work, and we don't want hunting to negatively impact the population. So that's kind of how we set our season. So doves, uh, it's a species that we underharvest. You can't harvest enough doves. There's just not enough hunters out there, and there's not an easy way to get people. You know, it's already taken the average hunter, six shots to
1: shoot a dove. Mm-hmm. So Is a that period. average? Now I have a benchmark. Yeah, I think it's... Well, uh, I feel better now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's, that may be old numbers, It only like takes me four. <laughs> it used to be six or seven shots per dove was the
0: average that it takes a hunter to... You stack up a 15-bird limit, you go much farther than that, you can't afford a dove hunt. You know, yeah. that's getting into your pocket and a lot of shooting. So, uh, anyway, the dove populations are strong. Every year that we've seen in our... Our flyway. It's uh, doves are managed in management units. So the eastern management unit and the central management unit. And uh, so, uh, our unit we are seeing good numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the eastern management unit. We don't have any any long term expectations of a closed season or reduced season or anything at all. I don't see why you would.
1: There's so many doves.
0: Habitat is strong. Doves' numbers look good. And uh, this year the fields look great. So I expect a really good dove season if the weather cooperates.
1: How do the – yeah, actually, I know we had one of the better-growing seasons of corn looks fantastic well, it was the all-
0: silage field should
1: be
2: great yep. later
1: it's just perfect the rain came in big amounts and we got sunshine and we got rain I'm seeing a
2: lot of birds and i'm just out and about i'm seeing a lot of birds yeah
1: i was yep. i was counting them by the dozen and I, I know i saw about 200 on a line the other day
0: yeah we banned a lot of doves We banned around 2,000 doves in kentucky 1,500 to 2,000 doves in a year and uh those uh all those bands are coming back quickly. I'm already having guys back. finishing their strings, asking for more bands if they yeah. in an area we need more bands put out. So
1: I never have gotten a banded dove.
0: I've not shot one either. Um, I band them at my house, but I don't hunt near yeah. the house. And then we have a lot of WMAs that are banding sites. We scattered all the way across the state. So, so
1: how does uh, just explain to me real quick how how doves migrate? Because I know they end up down in Argentina and Mexico and all these places, but where do they where do they start and where do they go and why?
0: So they're a little little interesting. So most of you saw like Arctic geese, snow geese or whatever, they're kind of specific where their breeding grounds are versus their wintering grounds. Uh-huh. Doves are a little different where we have our summer population of doves here that nest in Kentucky and they're going to go south at some point point. Mm-hmm. and it may not be as soon as winter gets here they're gone. Mm-hmm. So going on band data, so the reason we band birds is so we get harvest data back from that. Right, When a hunter kills that bird we know how old it was and the day it banded where it was that day. So the birds that are Banded birds being returned in January are still Kentucky birds for the most part. Uh You definitely get them January harvest in southern states as well, but we're still getting a lot of direct recoveries, meaning a bird banded the same year it was harvested. That's the data we use. So if we band a bird in July, harvest it in September, that's a direct recovery. And and even into January, December season to January season, we're getting Kentucky banded birds still here yeah so their their migration routes are going to be shorter possibly they still go south or maybe it's delayed or maybe they did go south had a i mean or, or had a bird that went south to nest had a failed nest and they bounced back up quickly we caught it you know it, they're a little different they're yeah, all over seems, the
1: board seems like a yeah maybe that's why i don't understand it quite as well it's because yeah, yeah. it's a little less uh understandable
0: yeah our geese do that you know, they are resident geese as they're oh, called. The I can look out, this, geese. So, look out this
1: window right now and I'd see a hundred of them. Exactly. Some of these birds <laughs> out here,
0: you know, they may have a failed nest. And instead of trying to renest, nest they up and fly to Canada, yeah. molt their feathers, spend the summer there, and then come back. So doves can do the same thing. Uh, they're... Pretty poor nesters, but uh-huh. they, generally they do try to re-nest. But just migratory birds, they do weird things sometimes.
1: So they got a lot, a lot going on. Yeah, they do. They got a, a pack up and move halfway across the hemisphere <laughs> yep. every. I mean, that's crazy. Migratory birds are pretty interesting. Lee, you want to say something?
2: Yeah. Well. Along those lines, one of the ways for people to get into dove hunting would be participating our mentor
0: youth fields. Oh,
1: yeah, sure. that's something yeah. that and I the actually... sign up
2: is starting this coming Monday, August
0: sixth. Yep, from Monday and next week until the following Friday, Friday the seventeenth. The seventeenth.
1: Yes. Yep. Four thirty p.m. Well, what does this program explain a little bit? Because I'm not sure I completely understand it.
2: What What it is is a, a mentor, when adult uh-huh. can bring up to two. There's two shotguns per state, but they can bring up to two a uh, youth to get them introduced to uh, to dove hunting. And these fields traditionally offer exceptionally good hunting. And those listed in the uh, guide that will be available online soon. And we'll have the public fields online here this afternoon. Yeah, that's uh, on you. Um, that's on you, yeah, Lee. Yeah. I
0: know. <laughs> I, finally, I, uh, I finally sent it to him, yeah, so it's off my desk. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it'll be
2: on, I'm working with Todd, should be on this afternoon. Um, he's already downloaded them, so we're, we're doing good. Um. And these fields are really good. They're closed the first day, but a buddy of mine's participated. And it's a great way to introduce your kids because they're going to have a lot of birds to shoot at. There's two shotguns per stake. Um, the adult can bring two youth and not hunt. The adult can hunt, and the youth doesn't have to hunt, and the adult can right. as long as they're signed up. But you have to sign up online on our website, at fw.ky.gov. Um, and there's no cost. And this is just an excellent way to, uh, I know Rachel has brought uh, her nieces and nephews to them before. Um, if you want to get somebody into hunting or into dove hunting and hunting in general, these mentor youth fields are, are just one of the best things you can do. So,
1: yep. so the way I understand it, we've got <coughs> exceptionally good dove fields. Mm-hmm. And is this season open earlier is it open? No, this, it's uh,
2: opening day, but they're only okay.
1: open to those okay. assigned hunters. So we've and got, a, mentors. We got some exceptionally good <coughs> dove fields. Excuse Non-crowding. No, crown goodness, basically we like opening day or weekend mm-hmm. we set aside for these youth mentor hunts and that's mm-hmm. basically where an adult can sign up to bring up to two kids mm-hmm. and they have shotguns provided for the kids. Uh, no, no, you bring, bring your own gun. shotguns. said two right. shotguns per stake. That's so. only
2: allowed like you can okay. only have two basically two hunters per stake. Okay. So you can have three people there but like if the say the, the two brothers want to go and dad Dad's going to let the two brothers shoot.
1: Yeah, and
2: then Dad doesn't shoot.
1: He's going to supervise and make exactly. sure everybody's right. safe and stuff like that. But
2: or if one brother d- doesn't know if he wants to, but the other does, and Dad and that brother can shoot, and the other observe.
1: So it's kind of one of those because when you're getting a kid into hunting or fishing, especially hunting, you want them to be entertained. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst thing in the world is to take a kid out of there and, and they're bored, sit for five hours and see absolutely nothing right. because you want them to have fun and to have fun with it. So this is a way to kind of you know, kind of almost assure yourself or, or do something to take a step in the direction of you're going to have action. Mm-hmm. Kid's going to see birds. He's probably going to get some shots at them. I mean, honestly, for a kid, that's all it really takes. Mm-hmm. Kid hits one dove, he's probably hooked. Mm-hmm. He remembers that dove hunt for... I
2: mean, I remember yeah. when Mr. Golf used to take us. You know, for several years when I was young, he wouldn't let the younger boys hunt. You had to watch and observe and yeah. teach you how to be safe in a dove field, too. I
1: you think know? you told me this story about having to shoot uh, skeet Mm -hmm. with a snake shot
2: Mm -hmm. yeah we'd go to boys night we'd shoot uh most ski what he called it was those little black ones with snake shot out of a 22 until you got to be 12 then you could shoot a shotgun i think he didn't allow us under the age of 12 either to shoot he would make he like when i was old i'd sit in the back of the truck and watch but he wanted us to know what to do
0: you know and that's one of the good things about our mentor hunts is it's a controlled environment Mm -hmm. You, you know once you sign up that's as many that is going in that field. Like our public dove fields, if it's a full field, there's no limit on how many hunters can be there. But safely, it kind of limits itself. Then one man shoots a limit, he leaves. Somebody cannot come in from the parking lot occupy that spot. The mentor fields are not like that. We don't want people stacked up waiting and have so many people just wandering around the field trying Mm -hmm. to get a spot. So it's a set number of locations that you can hunt from. Now within the field, if there's one stake that's hot, they limit out early. Somebody can move over to that spot, but there's no new hunters okay. coming in the field. So it's, it's not controlled. assigned
1: stakes. It's stake. Uh, it's personal. not an
0: assigned stake. There's just you get there, you sign in, you're given your stake in the field, and then yeah, from then on, that's the only hunters that are coming into that field. So it's mm-hmm. very safe. That's the, the they limit how many people can hunt the field to to keep a safe environment for the kids to learn how to hunt doves. That's
2: what we want, right? And those Absolutely. fields after you know they open to the public the third this year. And those are usually really good fields if you can get on them.
0: Yeah, so our youth hunts are always on the first Saturday of Dove season. Mm -hmm. So if the first of September falls on a Monday, those youth hunts are those youth only fields, they are not hunted until the first Saturday. Okay. They're not open to the public. And this year, so it depends on if you're on a WMA or one of our private leases. Mm -hmm. So our private leases, we have a little flexibility on management and we can rest those a little bit. So if there's a youth hunt, um, there are in general, so we open them on Saturday this year. Saturday is the 1st. We will close it uh, the 2nd, which is a Sunday, mm-hmm. reopen it on Memorial Day the 3rd, and then we'll leave those private leases closed the entire week and reopening on yeah. the 8th. The youth field's the same way except only mentor hunts on the 1st. Now, right. WMA field, they open on the 1st, and they stay open for the entire dove season. Yeah. If there's a mentor
1: hunt, it's mentor
0: only on the 1st. Or the first Saturday, whichever that falls on the calendar, and then after that, it's and opened. then after that, it's
1: open. Yeah, that seems you know one of the good things about dove hunting in, in the state is it seems like there's a lot of public ap- opportunity mm-hmm. in, in Kentucky, yeah. especially.
0: I think we do a really good job. I'm not. Here.
1: I'm not I mean, we t- obviously we have WMAs all over the place for everything, most species at least. But dove fields, it seems like there's a special emphasis on making them available. And maybe that's because it's a good opportunity for kids. You know, we obviously want kids to be out there and to get into hunting, and yep. that's that's important yep. to us. So I mean dove hunting's probably as good a way as any to get a kid out there interested in hunting. Don't gotta be quiet, don't gotta be that still. Get lots mm-hmm. of shots up.
0: If you'll let me plug a different another kind of hunt while we're on that topic. Yeah, go so for our, it. So our our three program recruitment, retention and reactivation, yeah through I and E. They actually have the field to fork program. I don't know if you oh, ever yeah. mentioned I, it on know, the podcast. I know or not. field to
1: fork. I don't know if but, we've talked about it. We've yeah. talked about some of the other programs that go along with like the hook and cooks and the. Right. Yeah, we've talked with mm-hmm. Easton, of course, but this yeah. is kind of the hunting version of Easton's programs that we've talked mm-hmm. about before. Right.
0: Us. In yeah. my mind, it's one of the greatest programs we have yeah. at the moment, and for the the first ever dove field to fork event, it's going to be this year, September fifteenth, in Carter County. Carter County. And so they're going to, that's the Learn to Hunt program, uh-huh. basically, is what that is. It's for hunters 18 and older. So this is targeted to adults that are new to hunting or have never hunted
1: doves. So it's an adult mm-hmm. filled to fork for doves.
0: Exactly. It's not a youth hunt, but it's still a limited mm-hmm. hunt designed for inexperienced hunters. Yeah. So if you've never hunted doves or if you're new to hunting, period, yeah. you are the audience that this is for. So uh, this workshop's going to teach you the basics of dove hunting, allow you some shooting practice beforehand. Uh-huh. Uh, they're going to teach you how to pre- prepare your dove meat for the table. So yeah. now that you've harvested birds, you know what to do with it. And then it will offer you the opportunity to hunt with a skilled mentor, somebody in the field that knows what mm-hmm. they're doing to make sure that you're safe and doing things the right way. Yeah. So it's a $25 program. Uh, you sign up. Let's see. I think you go to our website to fwky.gov slash education Click the Field to Fork tab, yeah. and it'll have the sign-up instructions so and everything it's
1: there. $25 is a shotgun provided if it you don't is. have one? It is.
0: It's a great deal. It's a bargain. That's yeah. what I
1: was wondering. Shotgun provided probably provide shells also.
0: Provide shells. They provide the shotgun. Everything but a place to sit. You have to bring your own dove seat, and if you want you know, a cooler or whatever to bring your food home or your, dove your doves home. Yeah. They give you food there on site, so you get a meal. you they get, feed you. You get ammo. You get skeet to shoot at oh. and a dove hunt.
2: So all for twenty five
1: bucks. No, yeah, you couldn't go to the ski range and shoot for twenty five I've it for bucks. you
0: know,
2: tw- let me see, forty years now, <laughs> but I might go. <laughs> oh,
1: no, that's a, that is that is a good program. That's a, I like I like how all of our r three programs like that one work. Like Easton's programs are obviously good. The uh, and that, that that sounds like one of the more interesting field of forks because I'm not sure in the other field of forks you actually got to go hunt
0: oh yeah
1: mm-hmm. so like the deer only the deer and turkey of course you did what am i thinking we actually covered that well
0: they've done a, a waterfowl event before where they did not take it, it was yeah. in the summer and so they brought waterfowl meat and taught you told you about water because waterfowl you, if you've never done it you don't just walk out and waterfowl yeah. you have to have decoys you have to know where you're going you have yeah. to find a wetland it's a lot there's a lot more into it yeah so this dove hunting it's a it's a lot of opportunity out there yeah. and they're they're gonna take you through the
1: well, you know, in my opinion, us, but... dove dove hunting is, I'm not going to say it's easy to get into, but it's one of the easier types of hunting to go from not knowing anything to being able to go out and get your own meat and take right. it home and, you know, do, do it all start to finish yourself. It, it's not as... Difficult, right?
0: No, to, that's to exactly right because
1: idea. honestly, when you go to clean a deer, there's a lot more to know. than The dove's go clean. easy, yeah. Cleaning a dove is like getting one cut of deer meat out of mm, that deer, right? And uh,
0: and you don't have to have special equipment to do yeah. hunt you know. Waterfowl hunting, you got to have good camouflage, you got to be able to hide. Mm-hmm. Dove hunting, if you're in a good field, you i mean, you can have an orange shirt on and still yeah. kill doves. So honestly, I don't, no, <laughs> I don't recommend that. No, I don't recommend it either.
2: You can do it though, yeah. but I've seen a guy in a white shirt just hammer him before, you yeah. know, white yeah. t shirt, yep, on opening day.
1: No, yeah, on opening day, I, I I wear jeans in the death field all the time. I just a, usually yeah. I wear a camo shirt and a camo hat. Probably not even necessary, but sometimes I just need to keep the sun out of my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, it really doesn't matter. I, people go out there and they shoot them. Or, you know, they just they'll pull their mule or their gator up or whatever, and they'll sit down on the back of the tailgate. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Shoot them that way. Is that legal?
0: <laughs> it depends where you are. You can <laughs> shoot from a tailgate, I think, if it's not moving. It's yeah, it's, it's not
1: moving. It's yeah. just sitting in a field. I guess it's uh, more comfortable than sitting in a I wouldn't a recommend bucket. that on a W.A. No. no. Uh, you know, speaking of what's legal and whatnot, I got checked the other day by the game warden for the second time in my life. All
2: right.
1: Yeah. What uh, uh, Sh- Sh- Shelby County. Here's Rigsby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was fishing. It was actually me and James, and We were out there in the creek uh, catching crawdads, and he comes down, and, of course, I – I've known Rigsby for a while. Before he was a game warden, he was in Shelby County working And I said, what's up, Rigsby? And I kind of yelled at him across the creek. I said, you want to check us? He said, yep. He said, oh, it wouldn't matter if you were the commissioner. I'd be checking you. And he, went, he went through yeah. the whole. All- yeah. That's what I like. He checked both of us. Uh, Jameson had his uh, hard copy license. I had to pull mine up on my phone and show him the digital. But uh, yeah, he, uh, he explained to us that and I told him, I just out of curiosity, or not curiosity, just making conversation, I was like, I like my job too much to, to risk anything, Chris, you know that. And he said something about if he ever did anything illegal like that. So if a game warden ever got cited for anything like that, might as well just turn their stuff in and mm-hmm. start looking for a new job because I guess some, every case that they had had, um, could potentially be reopened. Over, yeah. right.
0: And yep. That would
1: be a huge liability. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy, but uh, take it to WMAs, I've heard of people in uh, Shelby County two years ago, one guy got arrested Said said, uh, game ward was sitting there in the field watching, this guy pulled up in his truck, started walking out in the field, saw a bird flying towards him, shot it, and it was a, a chicken hawk. Uh,
0: yeah, that mm. unfortunately that does happen. With yeah. dove hunting, you got to know what you're shooting at. You're going to yeah. have kill deer, you're going to have some, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. The chicken hawk or the kestrel is generally what gets Mm -hmm. mistaken. Some of the night jars, if if a night hawk or whatever, just happened to be out in the evening, you know, that... Any of those birds kind of look like a dove, so you need to know. That's where this field is. The doves are pretty helps. distinctive,
2: just oh, practice. If you, if yeah, you look at them. Are, they are. The rounded look. wing and the thin tail, they're yeah. very distinctive, and they fly more straight. They don't go up and down. So. Yeah. yeah.
0: You get into a field and pay attention, or if somebody takes you, that if you've never been, go with somebody that knows, you'll yeah. pick it up soon. You can
1: always. You can, I, I kind of look at the head. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yes, heads the head's are, shape, really distinctive. And the wing, shape.
0: the wing shape. yeah, I think is what gives and
1: it the, away
2: And the as thin well.
0: tail. You yeah. know,
1: when they're in flight. I when that guy was walking in that field and he just, you know, kind of dropped his stool and pulled up and shot that chicken hawk, uh, game warden just, you know, immediately started walking over to him. Can you unload your gun, sir, and retrieve your bird? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would be, oh, and man.
2: That's another thing to remind. Uh, two things about the public fields is they get hunted hard opening weekend and people think, well, it's over. Mm-mm. I've done really well the second and third and fourth week of September, even into the first week of October on public fields. Yep. And you'll have them to yourself usually by the second
0: weekend. Yeah, so. generally so. But
2: your chance of getting checked on opening day for doves are probably the highest for anything. So make sure you yep. plug. It three shells. Make sure you have everything, your yep. migratory.
0: And that's an honest permit. mistake people mm-hmm. make, the plug shotgun. You know, mm-hmm. I took my wife one time, and she had told me, I've got my shotgun, and I'd never shot in her shotgun. Yeah. And it was a brand new gun out of the box, and I thought it surely had a plug in it. But before we hit the field, I said, well, "Let's check that." Yeah, and it didn't.
1: Next so so you know, you got seven yep. shells. It was a brand one.
0: new gun out of the box, did not yeah. have a plug in it. So I, I had to cut a stick and make a plug. <laughs> you, or I used a pencil. I'll, I think. I'll tell
1: you, you what I use for a my shotgun, in. that's oh.
0: big pencil work to yep. take pull the yep. refill out of it. And- Big well, penal work.
1: Yeah. What I did was I used uh, shotgun shells to plug my shotgun, which doesn't seem like it's all that legal. But if you ta- if you do it the other way, so I actually in the field one day I was like, oh man, this gun holds five in the in the tube. So I took the, you know the the cap off the end of the tube and literally, if you just put it, shotgun shells in the opposite end, so that, huh. that they're yeah, the on the backside of the spring, and then heck, if I ever get short, you know, handed in the <laughs> zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. I got myself two or three more shells right there.
2: <laughs>
0: But
1: but I mean, they fit in the tube perfect. And obviously, you know, if you can fit five in your tube, well, heck, just put three of them in the front end, and now you can put two in your tube. So that's exactly what you need to do. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's that's just Mm what I do.
2: That's
1: that's a good one. The old sticks work well, too, though. Yeah. That's just what I do.
2: Dial rods, I mean, you know. But just, uh, it's easy to forget. Make sure you have it ducks easy, in a row. It is easy to, even if you don't
0: forget it, if you think it's going to be there, if, like I say, it was, this was a brand new shotgun. And for whatever reason, it didn't come with a plug.
1: Yeah. So, you need to know your equipment. i tell you what, I'm going to try something real quick. Because whenever I'm touching my phone, it's buzzing my headphones. Are you guys hearing it when I do that? Yes. So yep. that's making noise in your headphones? Why in the world is that? I mean, that makes no sense. let will see if I unplug it. Okay. So without power, that's fine. So earlier, before we started this thing, I put something on Instagram. I said, you're going know, to do a podcast with the migratory birds biologist. Uh, if you got a question, let me know. And I think I have a couple of things here. So I'm just going to see if I have any questions. All right, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this says, has nothing to do with the biologist, but have you heard anything about moving early can- Canadian goose season back to the beginning of September in the future? No,
0: we talk about it with hunters, and there's not been a push for that. You'll have one or two people, but we try to do what the majority of hunters do. And we uh, we try to keep an open line of communication, so we're open to suggestions all the time. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no biological reason to put it on September 1st versus September 15th, or 16th, excuse me. Mm-hmm. The reason we changed that is because hunters wanted that at september 1st you had goose hunters dove hunters and deer hunters everything so much open
2: september one and they were having
0: to decide where am i going to go and then wood duck season rolled around and they had to decide the end of goose season was past. now it's deer season or wood duck season they would have rather been able to hunt geese and wood ducks and teal at the same time than have to worry about deer dove and geese at the same time so we moved it from the 16th through the 30th
1: because of hunter interest a lot of it's based on surveys that was chuck question from chuck hughes
2: remember two areas manipulated for dove hunting are not legal for waterfowl hunting. yeah that's a question i get all mm-hmm. the time uh, so that that september one thing then you have a you know
0: now yeah. moving
2: it you remove that uh, some conflict
0: there. and the biggest interest there or the biggest conflict is goose hunting or wood duck hunting early in the early season so if you have a They're both migratory birds, but the law is different for ducks than it is for doves. You can plant a food plot like a sunflower field and then manipulate it to get the seed on the ground readily available for doves. That is legal for doves. That is illegal for for waterfowl and geese. That is considered a baited field. So any food plots you plant for waterfowl specifically must be left standing. You cannot manipulate it. You can't even drive it down with a vehicle. That's considered manipulated, so be real careful with that
1: seems like somebody else actually asked that same question, uh, Chris Biddle. So both of them were about goosies and being oh. moved like that. Uh, here's a, this one that kind of makes me laugh. Rachel Croom wants to know. Yeah,
0: next question. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a good
1: question. It's actually good. She said how many— She's
0: mean I'm not fishing with her next week.
1: <laughs> how many doves are banded each year and how many are reported?
0: Uh, the reporting rate, it can vary, but we try to band— at least 1,000 birds, and we usually band 1,500 to 2,000 in the state each year. And um, so reporting rate on wood ducks is a little stronger than it is on doves. So we have band locations for wood ducks specific to where the habitat is. And you're also having hunting specific to that habitat because you're not going to find wood ducks in other habitat. Doves are habitat generalists. So we band small amounts all the way across the state. So you might have 25 done at a home in shelby county and you might have a hundred done at a wma somewhere or 50 or what have you mm-hmm. so the number of bands in a specific area varies across the state and so the return rate is not nearly as strong yeah as those. that but makes it, sense if i had to guess i would say it was somewhere around three to five percent it may be stronger than that
1: yeah, i think going down there with um, charlie down there to the Sloughs, he was saying that of the ducks banded at the Sloughs, like 40 percent of them are killed somewhere locally. Maybe that maybe I'm wrong on that percentage. No, that's very close. Yeah, I, mean, I don't have the numbers right yeah. in front of me, but, but it seems like and obviously doves are such a different bird that if you you they aren't you are going to kill that percentage of them in the same right. area where they're banded. They probably travel a little bit more and there's so many more of them number-wise that the chances of getting that bird that was banded are probably just a little bit lower. Right. So yeah, that uh, that makes perfect sense to me. And
0: yeah, that data is critical, too. So the wood ducks especially, having that early, we're one of three states, us, Tennessee, and Florida, the only three states yeah. that are allowed to have a early wood duck season. We're hunting birds that breed in Kentucky and potentially still have broods the way that the, yeah. when you just look at it on the calendar. And the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in general does not allow that period. Yeah. And so we have to band a lot of wood ducks and monitor the harvests extremely closely because we know where that tipping point is to where you're impacting the population. So
1: Yeah, he said basically the only reason we have an early wood duck season is because we do the banding and because we get the data and we can show for it. He said if we didn't do the banding, we didn't get that data back, we wouldn't be allowed to have an early wood duck season. So a lot of that's for the hunters because we want to provide that opportunity. That's why we're going out there. I would
0: bet the early wood duck hunt is the most popular waterfowl hunt. We have everybody in the state. Yeah can hunt wood ducks. There's a creek somewhere, whether you're in Pike County or you're in Ballard County. Oh, I see there wood is ducks. There's a hole of water somewhere that a wood duck will fly past. Yeah. And there's probably a hunter behind that tree. Mm-hmm. So it is a very, very popular season. So we band a lot of wood ducks yeah. to try to, to ensure that we can keep that yeah. season. The, he
1: gave me the, the data. And I, of course, like I said, I met Chad at 1230 in Louisville that morning. So I don't remember that day that well. But uh, I have the video. I'm going to be putting that piece together. It's the next thing I'm working on. Gotcha. And uh, that'll be going out Before early wood duck season, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a good piece because honestly, seeing the Rockets fire off and seeing all yeah, those yeah, that's ducks a big
0: net too. Charlie's got a seven rocket net. Most of yeah. our guys use either a three or four rocket net, and that's just a it's a big net. Oh, and it was cool. A lot of birds. I had
1: some. I don't. Did you see the GoPro footage that we put on Facebook? I saw the little clip. Yeah. Just the short clip of yeah. the of the cannons firing or the rockets firing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But I have got that from a bunch of angles, and I took the drone with me, and I've got you know aerials of all the birds in the net, and it's it's cool. And then uh, the catfish character down there. <laughs> character. That's
0: the. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
1: yeah he. Uh, he was, he was funny too. So, uh, going back, <clears throat> going back, I wish I would have put a mic on him, but I think he was loud enough to where mother mics picked him up just fine. So.
0: Hey, I don't know how much you can use of that. Uh,
1: he, <laughs> he does well. Hey, I, we're able to get Lee in here on a podcast uh-huh. and uh, get a solid hour out of it. Without yeah,
0: catfish, he's one of my favorite people. He's a lot of fun, though. He's, a, he's knowledgeable too. He's been there forever.
1: Oh, no. yeah, He's on the other duck banding piece we did, but that was a swim in trap. Yeah.
0: yeah so, he came uh, down and helped us goose band down in Bowling Green. And yeah. He plugged right in. They don't band a lot of geese at slews. That's kind of a once every five years deal in their region. And he jumped right in. Was the main? I mean, the go-to guy. He he was was, uh,
1: talking. He was talking a little trash about geese though while we were down there. Yeah. He was talking about how mean they were.
0: Nobody likes banding geese. It's a hard job. They beat you to pieces. It
1: seems like the ducks. I mean, literally, like I said, one of the ducks was in the net. Had its head pushed up through the net, and it was eating wheat. Like, you know, just sitting there, it was so relaxed, so chill. And I mean, the biologists just hold them, two in each hand by the wings, and ducks just looking around, no real care in the world. They put the band on them, and they release them, and some of them just flew right back into the water and just swam around.
0: Yeah, we've seen before at Ballard, and at Sloughs also have swimming traps, big swimming traps, and on Super cold days when everything else is frozen, that's when you catch ducks to to winter band mallards and black ducks. Yeah. And we've literally turned b- birds loose, and they t- went right back to the mouth of the trap and swam right back <laughs> we watched them. They, you let them go, and they go right back in the yeah. trap. So.
1: Well, he was saying that, you know, I mean, obviously they shot those cannons off and caught 213 was the number. He said they actually banded. He said when they shoot the rockets again this upcoming Friday, you know, they'll catch a percentage of the same ducks. And he said if they shoot the rockets three or four times, they're getting such a high percentage of return birds catchers, that they've already banded that they'll quit doing it. Cause right. once they hit a certain return rate where they're getting the same birds over and over, that's not worth doing anymore. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously if those birds are coming back and getting caught every single Friday, they aren't too awful worried about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Telling their friends, it's not so bad. It's worth it. Go get some wheat and, uh, keep catching more. But I tell you what, we've gone over an hour now and, um, I know we all got some other stuff to do. Lee is completely busy, and I think you're relying on him to get something out for you today now, right? Oh, well. now,
0: he's been relying on me. I was
2: giving oh. him grief a second ago, <laughs> but he's been waiting on me. I know, I know <laughs> Lee is And now sl- somebody's waiting on me, so I'm ready to get them fed. Oh, yeah. We got to crank out a press release about something about the... Again, if you're interested in men or youth hunts, you've got yeah. August 6th, August 17th, you apply online. Yeah. It's free, and if you want to take a kid or nephew to child, friend uh great opportunity
1: there yep yep and I you know I think that'll some people will probably you know end up doing that from the podcast I've heard good things about Easton's had a lot of people sign up for his classes based on the podcast and this is the same type of deal and hopefully you know it's we want to that, f- fill yeah. to the brim don't we yeah
0: absolutely we, I think we have them in uh, for- Five fields this year if yeah. I remember correctly. went Ball- in
1: Ballard County? Ballard
0: County, Union uh, County is at H and H WMA. Grant County? Yeah, Grant County is at Lloyd WMA. Then there is a Mercer private County. field and private lease that we yeah. have in Mercer County and then done in Lincoln, Lincoln County. County, is that right? Yep. Another private oh, it's lease a,
1: field that's fairly spread out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: every region except for the northeast region has a youth hunt. So
1: cool well all right let's wrap it up and uh like you said that press release is coming out soon so people yep. can get on our website Be right to get it when
2: we get back after i get this done then i'm on it that.
1: awesome all right well, let's do it i appreciate you coming on Wes.
0: yes sir Enjoyed
1: it. Uh thank you